Hey, hey, this is the Storyteller Podcast. I am Henny Kovac and I am your storyteller. Welcome back. Welcome back to a new episode. I'm really excited to record my very first episode being back in Mexico. So today, I'm going to ask myself this question, rinse and repeat. Is that all there is to life? Rinse and repeat? And the reason why I chose this topic or this topic actually chose me, it's been kind of in the back of my mind for a couple of days because as I'm back in Mexico, I went and visited a friend and we had a little chit chat, just, just a short little chit chat and and he was, I don't know what he was sharing, but something on the lines of, I, I said, well, I'm just a I'm just an unhappy person. And he said, me too. But, you know, just you go and run on the beach and uh, meditate and do some work and you feel better. And I'm like, yeah, but, but it doesn't last. And he's like, well, that's what you do the next day and the next day and the next day. Basically rinse and repeat, right? So that was about it on that topic. We really didn't go much into detail. I just laughed a little bit, had a little chuckle, and I was like, well, I guess that's it. And as I'm immersing myself back into being here, I'm, I'm really making a commitment to stay here for the next couple of years. Um, the reason being so many, probably I will share this later in a different episode because that will completely take this talk to a, a different direction. So let me just stay on topic here. So I'm back and I'm just readjusting to being here. And today... I went around and just went back to my old stomping grounds and visited areas and I realized that a lot has changed. You know, a lot of businesses have changed hands. I've gone out of business, something else opened up. Some of the buildings look completely damaged and some of them look a little better. And then roads are being They were just paving the roads last year as we were getting here. So basically a year ago, this time, they were repaving all the roads. And those new paved roads now have huge sinkholes in them on many places. So now everybody's busy, you know, just taking care of all the damage. I mean, it, it, is, it is a tough situation here. You know, as I traveled around during the summer, I spent a little time in Saudi Arabia as well. As, and as I was taken off with the airplane and I looked out into the terrain, into this, this vast nothingness. It's just sand upon sand upon sand. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such harsh conditions. This, the sun is extremely s- strong and burning. And you know, all you need is just big, one big, huge storm 
to bring all this sand and just cover up these buildings, you know? And I'm like, wipe out villages and towns in a matter of minutes, seconds. Mother Nature can do that. So there are some really harsh conditions that people live in. And it is quite harsh here in this part of Mexico. I am in San Agustinillo, Oaxaca. Small little village on the west coast, southwest coast of Mexico. And there are two seasons, basically. There is the dry season and there is the wet season. And when the wet season comes, it just completely ruins everything. <laughs> it seems like, even though I didn't stay for the wet season, so I didn't really had the opportunity to experience it. But I see the aftermath. And so now in my new little neighborhood, it's a lively little neighborhood. It's, it's really good to be here. It feels good. But I, it's a mixture of everything. There's, a, there's some high, higher cost uh, tourist, touristy places, but then there is like these little shacks that the locals live in. So I'm, I'm in the middle of all of that. It's a, it's a big soup of everything. And you know, I wake up very early. I wake up around four o'clock, sometimes three. And I just sit outside because my kitchen is basically, I'm on, on a, a second floor. And I just go out into the kitchen, close the door so my daughter can sleep. And, and I'm just waiting for the sun to rise. And there's so, everything is just quiet at that time of the morning and it's still dark. All you can hear is just the ocean. I saw a bat was trying to fly, not trying to, but flew into my little kitchen. Freaked me out this morning. But then little by little, as the sun starts to rise and people start to wake up, you start hearing noises. And then next thing you know, you know, <laughs> there is so much noise around me. Cars and motorcycles and people just banging on shit, you know? They're building stuff. It seems like they're always building something and there's always banging going on. Either they're putting on tile or they're, they're doing something to the road or something. There's always banging going on. And then the women are out preparing food and people taking showers and the water comes out onto the street. <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot of different noise and then the birds start getting into it and the dogs and the cats and everything kids so it's a very very lively neighborhood so where am I going with this where am I going with this oh yeah the question was rinse and repeat is that all there is to life so as I'm observing all of this busyness, you know, and I walk around and I visit my old stomping grounds and I'm like, oh, wow, this place really teaches you so much. It teaches you so much about impermanence. You know, it's, you go away, five months later, you come back and things look so different. It doesn't, 
it doesn't happen like that in many places, you know, like in the US, the places that I lived in, I can go away for a couple of years, I come back and everything is pretty much the same, you know? I mean, people do move and things do change, but not as drastically. You know, here there is a restaurant space that changed hands three times while I was here. And then I don't know how many more times while I was gone. And now that I'm back, again, it's a new new thing. And, you know, it's like it's basically it's it's very easy to set up shop here. You set it up and that just as easy to take it down. So this place does teach you about impermanence because things change so quickly. And, you know, the rain, rainy season just just ruins everything. And then you're back to square one and have to start pounding and, and uh, making noise and putting on new tiles, new roof. And, and it seems like Rinse and repeat, you know, what you build during the few months of this dry season when there's that quote-unquote high season as well, when the visitors come, then all the locals are busy prettying up the place, cleaning up the place, and by the time the visitors leave, the tourists leave, the wet season comes and then it just washes it all out. <laughs> and I'm like, is that the nature of life? Is this the nature of life to rinse and repeat? Do everything all over. I remember, I remember, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard this a few years ago. Someone was interviewing a person who is an either an architect or builder in, in the Middle East and makes beautiful, beautiful buildings, creations, but they get demolished. They get bombed or whatever because there's always fighting going on in that part of the world. And the interviewer asked this person, is like, don't you get discouraged that, you know, you you design something and then, then you see it built and it's beautiful and then all of a sudden it's gone. It gets destroyed and now you have to start at square one. And she's like, no, that's basically, that's all I ever care about, the creation process. Not really, you know, seeing the the final product and just staring at it and say, okay, well, you know, Job well done. Now move on. So is that the nature of life? Is that the nature of us as well? Is that all? Can't we move past that? Where we every morning or whenever you, you open your eyes and you're like, oh shit, I'm back in this, in this reality. Same old, same old, you know? And then you have to kind of wind yourself up go run on the beach like my friend does and he does the meditation and then he works on his house and that gives him satisfaction and that's what keeps him going but then when it, all of that is done and by the afternoon he kind of gets like all right time to go to bed and we start this all over again
can we go past that? Because rinse and repeat really is, is repeating patterns, right? I mean, if we say rinse and repeat, that means you're just doing the same thing over and over and over. Is there evolution? Is there growth? Is there, is there expansion? Is there newness? You know? When I'm looking at people doing the same thing they're doing to the roads last year. Same time. Is that how we need to approach life, rinse and repeat? Or do we need to elevate ourselves a little bit? And can we elevate ourselves a little bit? Can we tell ourselves a new story? That it doesn't have to be that way. And I know that a lot of people get discouraged by this rinse and repeat. And, you know, I mean, you can tell. People get off the fall off the diet wagon or the workout wagon. I mean, you think about it. Everything you have to rinse and repeat. You want to take care of your body. You have to, you have to kind of condition it every day, right? Or consistently. Otherwise, it will take a shape of its own. <laughs> and is this rinse and repeat, does it have to be monotonous like that? Or is there a way to rinse and repeat but grow at the same time? I don't know. I don't know. You know, as I was watching the workers redo everything, and I was like, do we not sit down and think and say, okay, well, we've done this, like, I don't know how many times already for that last, I don't know how many years, we've done the same thing to the roads. And then the flooding comes and this is what happens. Can we do it differently? How can we do it differently? Do we even think about it? I don't know. Do they think about it? You put the roof on the house the same way. You know? You get yourself ready for the day the same way. I go run on the beach and meditate and work around my house and it makes me feel better is there a different way do we even need a different way or is that it is that basically it and I think I don't know but I think maybe the answer or part of the answer is that if it fulfills you in any way just like this architect or builder that they were interviewing in the Middle East who doesn't really get discouraged that the buildings buildings get destroyed every time who says the satisfaction is in the creation right 
then what else has to be there? Our society is set up so much so that we are conditioned to reach a goal. Where did that come from? I bet this is one of those designs to keep us trapped in this trap. You know? And we need to reach some, some sort of goals. And then we get so focused on that goal that basically that all that matters. And then when that goal is reached, it's a short-lived happiness because now there's another goal, right? Because what, what, what do you do when your whole purpose is to reach a goal? Then you, oh, you built this house and then you take a look at it and you're like, oh, okay, that's beautiful. And then the next day you look at it, that's beautiful. And then the next day, that's beautiful. And then it gets like, okay, I've, I've seen it a million times already. Like, it's okay, but uh, what else? <laughs> right? So can I tell a new story, a different story? Can I, and it doesn't really, as I'm talking about it right now, I'm actually laying on, on my bed and looking up at the ceiling. There is some noise around me, so hopefully this recording is going to be okay. But I'm like, the story doesn't, maybe there is, isn't a new story. Maybe it is rinse and repeat. But every time you rinse, it could be a different rinse, right? And you just repeat, rinse it in a different way. And if that gives satisfaction, if that is what fuels you, and that's basically it. There's nothing more to it. You know, I started crocheting. I got inspired by my daughter. I was visiting her in Hungary, and uh, she is meticulous at her crochet things. And I don't want to be a copycat, but I got, I got super inspired. I was like, wow, this looks really awesome. I don't even know if I can crochet. Picked it up, and sure enough, I can, just like with the knitting. I don't, I don't really know how I learned it. I can't even, like, think. I don't have any memories thinking that I learned at one point in my life how to knit or crochet. But I picked this up, and next thing you know, I made a bag. And then I made another bag. And, and I noticed myself that I made this goal that I'm going to make this cool bag. It's called, it's a Japanese knot bag, Mosu bag. I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm going to really do this. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to be able to sell this in my shop because I want to open the boba shop and add some bagels to it, coffee, and then I'm going to have some cool, you know, things. And this can be one of those cool things that you don't see around. And so I got all into my story and immediately the focus was on the end goal for me to be able to actually 
say, okay, I did this bag and I can take a picture of it and I can ask people, hey, what do you think? And I can show it off or whatever or see it myself. And I realized that I started to get sloppy. So the body of the bag, I was doing it very, very tightly. I crocheted it very tightly. I was telling my daughter about it that it was, it was so super tight that I had a hard time pulling the crochet hook through. And then I was like, well, I don't, I don't really want to work this hard, so I, I'm going to make it a little bit looser. And so the handles of the purse or the bag, I started making a little looser. Now, after I was done with the handles and I was trying to put the bag together, I looked at it and I was like, well, this looks like shit. It doesn't look good because the body is very tight. You can tell that the pattern is very tight and neat. And then the handles were neat as well, but they were not, weren't that tight. They were more loose. And so the two didn't go together. And then also it makes no sense that the handle, which is what is being used, right, to hold the, the purse, that should be the one that's tighter than the body. So I was like, well, I can just like, put it all together and call it a day and say, okay, this, this is the bag. But I was like, well, what's the point, Henny? What is the point? What's the point of this crochet? Did you pick it up because of the end goal in mind, which is like, oh, I'm going to sell these. This is how I'm going to make money. Or did I pick it up because it looked intriguing? And when I, when I, did it myself I was like wow this is fun and I was actually sharing this experience with my friend you know crochet I'm gonna digress a little bit crochet and knitting apparently is used as a teaching tool in the Waldorf Waldorf type schools and someone told me this couple years ago that this is how it teaches kids math and geometry and patterns and everything and I was like oh my gosh this makes so much sense because as you're doing these patterns and you're uh, keeping your lines and everything you have to count and you have to pay attention and that you have to and and it also helps you know I'm as I'm doing it myself, I'm like, wow, this is also kind of kind of trains your ears or your mind musically. Because as, as I'm doing the pattern, I was like, okay, hook, hook, double hook or a single hook or whatever. It kind of makes like a little rhythm. And, and so when I was doing this bag, I didn't have to count per se. I was just actually singing this little rhythm in my head or I wasn't really singing but that rhythm is what kept me on track loop loop double loop bring it through something like that but it, it just it's a different rhythm right so and it's so interesting because you get into this space and it's also a meditative space because it relaxes you because your mind is busy with 
having to focus on either counting or the rhythm or whatever. So it, it doesn't really have the opportunity to, you know, go to La La Land and start making stories. It actually kind of like zooms out and then you get into this space. And I was sharing with my friend that while I was crocheting, I smelled this familiar scent and I was, I, it stopped me in my tracks and I was like, what the hell is this? What is this? And I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't explain to you. I couldn't describe to you what this smell was. She was like, well, what, what was it? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And I had that experience twice, two different times where I literally got stopped in my tracks and I was like, what was that? And she said, you know, heaven has a certain scent. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. But what is for real is that I had experienced a whiff of a scent two times, two different, different scents that took me to a place that felt so very homey and <sighs> homey, yeah. It was like, this is where I belong, but where, what is this? Where is this? And what, that was it, right? And so what's the purpose of me doing the crochet? Is it because this is going to be the, my way of making an income? Maybe it could. But w as soon as I put that focus, I noticed that then the end goal is the focus and then the process itself becomes monotonous and annoying and like a chore, like something I have to do, right? Just like when I remember when my kids were little, oh my gosh, I don't remember much, unfortunately, but I do remember making some food and dinners or whatever. I hated making dinners. I hated it. It was like, it felt so monotonous. It felt so boring. It felt so much like a chore. I just had to do it because we have to eat. And I always kept telling, I don't know how to cook. I just like, and then during the summer, this summer, I went on that walk, which I talked about on a different episode through Spain and Portugal. And at the end of the, the walk, I injured my leg. I had a shin splint. And so I couldn't walk for two, two weeks. I literally couldn't walk. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to push it. I'm just, and it was kind of getting cold already in Hungary. We were back at my daughter's apartment. And I'm like, I'm not going to push it because we're going to be leaving soon. And I don't really just want to re-injure myself even more. I'm just going to chill. So oh, what am I going to do? I was like, well, I'm, I can just have a, like a little cooking party. And next thing you know, I'm enjoying, I'm putting together this, these meals that are just, 
enjoyable. My kids are like, mm, so good. And they're so happy and I'm happy and everything. How did that become fun where it was always a heavy thing to do? It's the perception, right? It's how I look at it. So if I look at it like rinse and repeat, that sounds kind of, that sounds boring, actually. It sounds really boring. It's like, oh my God, that's like a pattern. Who likes to do the same shit over and over and over? So maybe a new story doesn't need to be told. Maybe just either reframe it or put a new meaning to what rinse and repeat is. Right? It's all a perception. It's all just how I look at it. And so, I'm not going to go more into this because now I'm drawing a blank. So I'm just going to leave it at this. And I want to encourage you and inspire you maybe to take a look at things. Take a look at your life, actually, not things, just life. You know, does it feel like Groundhog Day? Does it feel like there's no end to this? There's no meaning to this. You know, I do this and then next thing you know, the rain comes and washes it away and I do it again. I'm, I'm trying to do it a little better, but it still washes it away. Now I have to do it again. I'm just, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to move away. I'm going to move somewhere else where it's easier. You know, I'm going to give up on this. Well, you can do that with a physical location. You can move out of here in Mexico. You know, my my mom asked me, "It's like, why would you want to go back somewhere where it was, where it was challenging?" Because I shared with her how challenging those ten months were for me, and I really didn't want to come back. And she's like, "Why would you want to go back?" And I was like, "That's the whole point. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid the un- uncomfortable." Because she was like, well, don't run from yourself. And I'm like, exactly doing the opposite. I would be running from myself if I kept running to somewhere where it's easier. You know? All the travel through Europe and everything was an attempt to do that. To find something more, less challenging, less destructive, less in your face. More comfortable. But Europe kicked me out. Europe is like, nope, you're not staying. And I had no, well, I had other choice, but like, I was like, okay, that's the reason I got to be back in Mexico. So if, if you are listening to this and you are still listening, then obviously, very obviously, you're of the same belief or desire, not belief. I don't even have any beliefs anymore. My beliefs keep changing. There's no need to create a belief system anymore. It's like, it's so funny. It's like a thought comes up and, you know, the mind wants to form a belief around it or, or create a story around it. And I'm like, what for? Like, 
Stop. Let go. It's probably another La La Land story. So if you're listening, then I know that we're kind of the same thing and you understand what I'm talking about. And I want to inspire you and challenge you to take a look and try to tell a a different story. Try to have a different perception, you know? Like right now, I'm thinking I was my immediate thought was like, well, I didn't really I didn't really succeed as a storyteller, quote unquote storyteller, to articulate a new story of perception. That's a judgment. And that's a that's a thing that wants to keep you from Rinse and repeat and evolve and grow and expand, right? It wants to say, oh, it's boring. It's never going to be the same. It's always going to be the same. And it's like, no, no, no. No, don't fool yourself. It's never rinse and repeat if you're conscious about what you're doing because you're like okay well that didn't work but let's see can I make a little switch here can I switch my perception and before I go I'm going to share a story with you of a woman that, that I met here in Mexico at the beginning of my stay last year around this time last year I was like all right I'm gonna I'm going to learn Spanish. So I, I, was, I was telling some people that I want to learn Spanish and they, con- they got me in touch with this woman who just moved here from somewhere in Mexico City, somewhere around Mexico City. And um, she wants to teach Spanish. So I took a class with her and we talked, ended up talking more in English than Spanish because I wouldn't have understood what she was saying. But she was telling me that in Mexico City, she... Um, was in the art theme, scene, not theme, scene. She managed an art gallery or something. Long story short, she she was lured here. And that, that was her story. She was lured here by a quote-unquote friend who told her that, come here, you're going to be like a partner with me at this hotel. That She gets here and she realizes it's not that. It's She's not really going to be a partner she's just going to be a worker and kind of like a not even a worker but like an an unpaid worker <laughs> this is this was her story so while she, so she's like f that i'm not going to do it and then she was trying to then she said she didn't have any money because she thought that this was going to be a thing so she moves here from Mexico City and she has no way of moving back there. And she hated it here. It was hot. There were all the perverts here who are like uh, naked and everything. Everything. She was so mad. And she looked mad. She was mad. And then a few days later, I saw that she was working at a local store. And I went to get something and I'm like, hi, Liz. And, you know, I'm. And she just looks at me like she wants to kill me. And I was like, oh, 
gosh, this woman is mad. And every time I would go in into the store, I would see her so ugly, you know, her face just, she just was like mad. And then some time passed and I guess I didn't go into the store. I guess I was scared of her. I don't know. But some time passed and I went back. And at that point, I looked at her and I had to take a second look. And I looked, I was like, Liz? She was there and she was glowing. Her face was glowing. Her whole being was glowing. And she was just happy. I was like, what the hell happened to you? Did you win the lottery? Like, what's, what happened? She's like, no, nothing happened. I changed the way I look at why I'm here. I started to make friends. I started to enjoy. I started to let myself enjoy this. I can't get out of this situation. Might as well enjoy it. And I was like, wow. At that point, I knew she was right. I knew it. But at that point, I wanted to not like it here. I wanted to hold on to my story, you know? And the thing is, why? Why purposefully hold on to a story? Why purposefully carry a story, carry a narrative? Tell a story to yourself that you know that makes you miserable. When all it takes is for you to look at it differently and tell yourself a different story. But not in a, not in that fake sense, you know, like when you look into the mirror and you, you tell your affirmations, oh, I'm great and this and that, and you don't believe it, but not, not in that sense, not in that fake positivity. But you really just assess your situation and you're like, okay, let me tell us, let me just give some examples. Like today I was out and it's hot and I'm sweating and, and I hear this, the voices in my head. It's like, oh shit, it's hot as hell. I'm like, why do I have to say hot as hell? That already has a bad ring to it, right? Why would I want to live somewhere where it's hot as hell? So basically, I came to live in hell. Why? Why would I do that to myself? It's all about self-love, right? Self-acceptance. That's, that's the only way you can open up in the world. That, that's the only way you can share the love within yourself is if you extend that love to yourself first, right? So why would you want to make yourself live in hell? I was like, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. But you know what? I remember that I was paying over $100 a month for my membership to Ember Yoga in, in Woodstock, Georgia to go and sweat for an hour and a half or maybe two hours sometimes every single day in a stinky yoga room next to stinky, sweaty people to condition this body. At that point... I didn't look at it like hot as hell. I wouldn't have gone to do the yoga if I looked at it like hot as hell, like it's a punishment. I went, I was like, oh, it's tough. It's tough. But I'm going there because this is how I condition my body. 
So can I, can I look at it the same way? Can I say, hey, I'm detoxifying my body. It's, it's sweating. I'm sweating. Yeah, okay, I'm not in my yoga clothes and I'm not, you know, it's not that one hour of day. It's more challenging because you don't get out of that room. It's like you're locked in that room 24-7. Not really. I mean, there is, you can definitely get relief, you know? It's a perception. So stop saying it's hot as hell. It's hot. And I like to sweat. It's challenging. Yeah. But it teaches me. Teaches me to stay present. Feel my body. Be here. You know? Hear the voices in my head and correct them. All right? So that's how we're going to tell ourselves a new story and not keep saying rinse and repeat and just call it a, that's all there is to life. Well, there is growth and evolution in every rinse and repeat if you stay present and do it consciously. So that is it, guys. That is it for me. I think I'm going to finish it up. Yeah. And I will report back to you how this new experience being back here in Mexico is going to go. I will keep you posted. I will work on this. And I would love to hear from you who are listening. And, and I would love to hear your stories as well. If you have stories to tell. Because, you know, these things, you don't ever know how you create a ripple effect. How Liz making that decision for herself and then sharing it with me, you know, having me actually see the effect of a single perception shift in her mind had on her whole look. She was this ugly woman that I didn't even want to go around. And then she became this beautiful, lit up, happy woman that I would want to spend time with. What a gift. So share your stories, even if you don't want to share it with me, share your stories because we need, we need to create these ripple effects and we need to start shifting our perception because this thing is, is, is not good. Wow, see another, another perception here. It's good. We're all growing together. So let's just, let's just accelerate this. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's, I'm excited for it all. So anyways, I want talk any longer it's getting a little repetitive thanks for listening thanks for sharing space with me and until next time goodbye